Welcome to Star Warning, a show talking all things lacrosse. I am your host, Ponchito Ojeda. Joining me today is 101 Lacrosse, Northern California Director, John Murray, and Universal Lacrosse Store and Events Manager, Mike Murray. Fellas, how are we doing on this lovely Monday? Doing good. Had a late night watching uh, Last Dance last night. Same. It's that good. I did not. <laughs> I uh, I am the odd man out here. I definitely am bummed that I have not caught up on my last dance. I have four episodes now. I'm two four weeks in, the in a row. Two weeks yeah. in a row. Well, you're never going to find out what cool. happened. You're, you're not going to know how Michael <laughs> Jordan ended ended his career. Yeah, did Michael Jordan hit the game winner or not? Um, you'll have to watch to find out. Gotcha. It was. It was not like I lived through that or anything. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, I'm kind of bummed that I missed it, but you know, it's, it's life. It'll make for a good Sunday afternoon binge, uh, here in the near future. So, uh, but how was our weekend fellas? What we do? It was good. You know, um, got my, uh, private lessons in. So I left the house at least once, which is nice. Um, a lot of rain yesterday in Napa, a lot of rain. Well, uh, as you may not know, in New Jersey, we just opened up for curbside business officially. So this weekend, I was in the store taking phone calls, uh, selling sticks, doing what I do. That's exciting news, I'm sure, for uh, for you. It's good to be back to uh, getting lacrosse equipment into lacrosse players' hands. Yeah, man. It's just about finding that new normal. Life must go on. Yeah, life must go on. And speaking of life going on, uh, we just saw today on Inside the Cross that uh, Bernhardt from Maryland is going to go play Division II football at Ferris State. Any thoughts on Jared Bernhardt's decision? Well, it's tough to not watch him play lacrosse next year. I mean, he's one of the top five attackmen in the country and leading a super talented Maryland squad. Um, to go play for some D2 school in Michigan, right? That's where we looked up where Fair State was. That's correct. Fair State is in Michigan. Yeah, so it's it's tough, but, you know, if that's what he feels is good for him, then, you know, this, I don't have much to say about it. <laughs> well, I hate it. I hate it, and I'll tell you why. Because God forbid these kids want to do something that they want to do up until this point in their career when they get their senior year taken out, but still – you know, this guy's a Torton finalist. Maryland is always a contender. And with him coming back next year, it would have just been fun to see him dominate because he's one of those guys where when he's out there, he just looks like a pro to me. And uh, now we got another, you know, kind of like Pat Spencer situation going on where we don't get to see, you know, a rising star, you know, play at the at the top of his peak. So, yeah. Yeah, you know, I, 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 I can't argue his own decision. It's his decision to make. Uh, but from a fan's perspective, I couldn't agree more, Mike. I'm super bummed. He was a stud, tons of fun to watch, game changer. I think that Maryland was, again, you know, poised to be a Final Four team, and it's going to leave them in a lurch. Uh, but you know what? Hey, go win yourself a Division Two National Championship, right? It's- yeah, man. Get it done. <laughs> what's the... What's- What's the Boulder coach? It's not intramurals. It's the, it's Division Two football. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> uh, all right. In other news, we had uh, 
John Grant Jr., also known as the greatest player to ever play the game in terms of stick tricks and NL uh, lacrosse, uh, and the leading point scorer in the MLL, is now the assistant coach at Johns Hopkins University. And right after that news, Cole Williams pulled his name from the transfer portal. How do we think this is going to affect Hopkins? Let's start with you, Mike. Well, I think that it was uh, obviously a big name to bring in, and that's what they like there. They've had Petra for so many years, and he really built that culture around him. I think bringing in John Grant Jr. starts that same uh, build as they move forward. And, you know, you can get kids because of this big name. He's coming to talk to them. His kids have probably watched them growing up. So I think it's really exciting. I think Hopkins, we're going to see them, you know, continuously in, you know, those quarterfinal matchups every year. Yeah, he's definitely, I think he brings that change of style they were looking for. He was um, working with the offense at Air Force, right? Last year or two? Yeah, a couple of years at Air Force. Um, and Air Force is always that sneaky team that gets a big win um, early on in the year. But I think he definitely brings that change of style and huge name recognition to Hopkins um, that they've always kind of had with Petro. But now it's now it's the offensive guy. So I'll be interested to see what he can do on Hopkins. I, I love the pickup. I think he's awesome. I think what's interesting about it is that I think Bobby Benson ran a lot of similar stuff to what John Gray Jr. is going to run. You know, Hopkins was has been known for their two-man game for years. Uh, so I think what's cool about it is there's consistency for the players, but probably with a new voice with some different uh, you know tricks up his sleeve that I think will help them. And independent of that, I do believe that John Grant Jr., serving as a mentor for Joey Epstein is going to be huge just just because they both played attack. And I think Epstein has some of those abilities that John Grant Jr. also had. Um, so I think that's going to be a big step for them. And keeping Cole Williams is certainly massive. So I've said this many times. I think Hopkins is really good. I think they're one to two players away. So uh, I think this is one more step towards that direction is to hit in that quarterfinal weekend. So, fellas, before we get to our PL draft, we just want to take a quick break and listen to a message from our sponsors. Prospect Connect is excited to announce the launch of Beacon, a completely free companion app for aspiring collegiate athletes. Beacon is the new standard for a student-athlete looking to be seen while competing on the road at a tournament, recruiting event, sports combine, or even at a local high school game. Once your Beacon is activated, college recruiters now know who you are. Using state-of-the-art geolocation technology, college coaches and recruiters physically nearby or even watching via live broadcast now have instant access to your up-to-date profile, athlete vitals, and contact information. Download Beacon for free today on your Apple or Android device. For more information, visit prospectconnect.com and be sure to follow at Prospect Connect on all social media channels. Don't forget, Prospect Connect is spelled Prospect C-N-N-C-T. Prospect Connect. Athlete Recruiting Mobilized. Yeah, if you guys haven't checked out the Prospect Connect and the Beacon app, make sure you do it. It's awesome. The Beacon app is wicked cool in recruiting. Uh, live contact info right away. So, uh, But now let's move on to our main event of the day where we get to roast John Yikes. on all of, his, Yikes. all of his FBL mock draft picks. John, you were doing great after pick one and two. I felt, great. I felt really good after picks one and two. 
Like I was rubbing my hands together. I was like, I got this. Like I did, I did my homework. And then it was just pick after pick after incorrect pick after incorrect pick. And I was just like, oh my God, this Monday podcast is going to be the worst. Ponch and, Ponch and Mike are going to roast me. So hey, I've guys, been preparing, well, so just let me have it. Just let me have it. Let me ask you guys something, because I, I sort of picked up this vibe when um I was when I was watching the draft. It didn't seem as though anyone's picks got stolen from them. It seemed like everyone had an answer and were you know 100% ready to make that pick at that moment. You didn't see the behind the scenes scrambling. It felt much more organized. Like they knew they were in cahoots. <laughs> are you are you saying that the PLL is already in a conspiracy mode? I remember the the NBA conspiracy theories about Jordan. <laughs> yeah, I mean, saying, they're all I'm owned by the same. They're from. not individual owners, right? Who yeah, owns? they're they're all owned by one one entity. So. Yeah, I, I would agree with you, Mike. I got the vibe that there wasn't any sort of like, oh no, we were going to pick that guy. <laughs> oh man, that was funny. Well, what's what's weird about it is I feel like I will say this: like I was surprised to not see any uh, scrambling because pretty much everyone's mock draft was wrong in the first round, starting with the Michael Kraus pick. So, you know, it's kind of weird to see that there wasn't any, but. You know, as conspiracy theories aside, uh, let's let's talk about the picks here. So one and two, you got right, Amen and Costabile. Uh Well done there. Well done there, John. We'll give you an A if we're if the draft was two picks long. There uh, we go. <laughs> started strong. <laughs> but then we get to pick three, and they pick Michael Kraus. The Water Dogs do, and then he doesn't even sign with them. He signs with the Connecticut Hammerheads, Mike. What do you think? What's going to happen here? Well, Connecticut got themselves a steal, an absolute steal. And the Water Dogs, I feel as though right now are scrambling. You know, with all these other picks, we may not know a lot of their name, you know, uh, a lot about them, but it seems as though they had some kind of talks with the coach. And whatever was going on with Kraus and Andy Copeland just somehow took a split and. You know, it wasn't soon afterwards that Kraus just had to come out and say, you know, I'm signing with the Hammerheads. So I think it's going to be really cool to see, you know, what their plan is now. Uh, Kraus is that that kind of creator. He's that kind of number one guy out there. And if they were planning on having him in the offense, we'll see where they go now. Yeah, what's interesting about this is actually John's mock draft of Nick Mellon is Still possibly correct, just as a free agent signing. Uh, so, John, you got to feel good about that. Mellon might still be the guy who ends up with the Water Dogs. Yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah, I, you know, I, I think this is a major blow to the PLL, to be honest. Uh, you know, mock draft aside, I think a player of Krause's caliber signing with the MLL just hurts what the PLL seemed to have, which is a, a uh, monopoly on top five players top 10 players, you know? And so I wonder if we end up being that split that we talked about a few podcasts ago, where we were talking about how the ML and PLL need both need good players if they want to coexist. My thought when I first heard the news was how much do you think the tour based model affected this? And that, you know, the Connecticut could snag a hometown kid uh, like Michael Krause who could, 
you know, still get a job in New York City area and play pro lacrosse in the summer. I don't think it matters much. I feel like most of the PLL guys, that's what they do. They live where they live and then they just fly to where they need to on the weekends. It's a lot of travel though. I, I, I thought it played a huge part, like being a hometown guy, being able to stay local and play instead of this tour based model, especially with the summer of the PLL is planning where, Hey, like <laughs> if you sign with us, you're signing away six, like what was it? Four weeks. How, how long is the yeah, championship yeah, series? Three weeks, I want to say. Three weeks. Yeah, maybe it's only so, two. I'm not sure. Yeah, you know that that's a that's a pretty big commitment for a guy coming out of college. Um, if this isn't your full time job, so I don't know. I, that's that was my thought when I first heard the news. I thought it I was mean, like sure. it came down to like the tour model. Like, if you come from that the New Jersey, Long Island, Connecticut area, you know the big thing after college is. You know, you go for that big job in the city. You can commute from home for a little bit until you, you know, get a get a spot with your buddies. And, you know, <laughs> like I said before, God forbid these kids do something that they just personally want to do. Um, and it's not fun for us fans, but, you know, it's something that a lot of kids in our area do. And, you know, I'm happy for him. He spent four years, got his degree from the University of Virginia. Uh, he deserves it. Sure. Sure. You know what's interesting though is he is signing with a club that doesn't even have a return to play policy yet. At least with the PL, you know you're going to play this summer. I think that's also an interesting tidbit. You know what's going to happen for Kraus if the MLL never ends up playing. Who knows? But either way, uh, let's move on to the next pick here. So you had Ivanchek at at pick four. He was signed by Philly uh, in the MLL, and the Chrome ended up taking Rigney. Uh, the defenseman out of army. So they went defense. So you got the position, right? Uh, Mike, do you think Rigney's a better pick than Ivanchek anyways? You know, I can't say that. I'm not one of these coaches. I'm not, you know, one of these guys who could break down what their path looks like. All I know is that this is a big dude, a huge frame, U S military guy, great feet. Um, he's just the good shapings of a pro lacrosse defender. And that's how I see him. And if uh, if the Chrome team sees that, you know, this is exactly the kind of guy that we need, um, you know, like I said, no one else was really all eyes on him. He wasn't exactly in a lot of mock drafts. Yeah, I think Rainey's a good pick. I, I think uh, it's fine. You know, <laughs> John, you were way off. John, you were way off of the van check. Yeah, uh, I mean, they took. <clears throat> they ended up taking the best defender on the board. I feel like they maybe had some inside info with uh, Ivanchik signing with the MLL and they took their number one defender. So I did not have that inside info that Ivanchik was going to sign with the MLL. So I had him going number four to the Chrome. Yeah. And you can't, can't already taking a guy from USMA. Uh, go, go army beat Navy. Uh, the, let's move on to the next pick chaos ended up picking Matt Gaudet out of Yale. Uh, you know, obviously with Michael Kraus going earlier, you know, I think Johnny hit it on the head with the, that the cast wanted another attack, man. How many goals do you think Matt Gaudet's going to score this year with Connor Fields? 25. He can be rookie of the year. Lower I yeah, I, I agree with you, Mike. I think he's going to just crush it. Mark it down, 25. 
if if the chaos does Less better than the archers, then he can be rookie of the year. Obviously, if they if he has a great season, not just oh, based on team. I don't even think Grant Amen's the best finisher or feeder on his team. True. Also, no, well, people sleep on Schreiber. Nick, Nick Mellon signed with the uh, Cannons. Oh, all right. So can't get that right at all. Uh, so Matt Gaudet, tw- you think 25 goal? I think you're off. I think he's got more than that. I put him at 40. I'm with you, Ponch. Over. over, you, guys, over you guys know they're playing a shortened season, right? You know it's yeah, Matt but, I mean, uh, Yeah. Is he a better finisher than Miles Thompson? Uh, yes. He's younger, fresher. I just think they're different types of finishers. Like, I think Miles Thompson was great, but he was great playing in the Albany system. I think Mac Audet is more mobile, able to move better, and I think their hands are relatively similar. Um, and remember, Miles Thompson scored a lot of goals and then was out for two or three games with the injury. So, you know, I don't know. He might, if Miles Thompson's fully healthy, then maybe he won't score as many goals, but yeah. He he's easily getting three dimes from or three goals from Connor Fields a game. So, anyways, we'll take a little wager on this, John. We're gonna wager a little like uh, a little board bet here, if over you will. Want to split it? Want to split it at thirty? We'll take the over. You take the under. Done. I'll take it. Whoa, 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 whoa wait, thirty. <laughs> Matt, they're gonna Matt, play like five games this year. <laughs> I got canceled all the way to the championship, baby. Maybe just score so, like. All right. You heard it here first. We're taking the. Over. I'm taking the over on 30 goals, and Matt and John taking the under. Mike, you you with me or with John? I'm going with you. Let's do it. All right, let's do it. We're in. Uh, there'll be a sweet uh, Uber Uber Eats for the winner. Um. All right, let's move on to the Redwoods pick here. We got uh, – they picked Peyton Smith. This is a no-brainer. Johnny nailed this. Tell us why you got a nail oh. on this pick. Uh, he's the best face-off guy in the draft. Redwoods needed a face-off guy. None of the other guys needed a face-off guy. And, you know, stars aligned. I was first first reported by the stall warning, Peyton Smith. To the Redwoods. <laughs> hashtag, hashtag analysis. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's go on to the next pick. This is a bit more surprising. Uh, let's talk about this. Sean New at a Holy Cross. He's a defender. Uh, you know, Mike, what do you think of this pick by the Whips? I got to be honest with you. I did not know Sean. I mean, I knew of Sean New because I had a buddy who's a defenseman as well. Actually got drafted by the Hammerheads. And I had, you know, always just thought of the Holy Cross defense anchored down by, you know, my friend. Not really going down into it uh, or thinking about the tall, lanky guy to his left. But that was Sean New. And, you know, obviously the whip, whip snakes see something in him. Maybe, you know, the 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 makings of another Bryce Young. Just something, some kind of frame that they can work with and say, you know, we see what kind of player he can be. And that fits into our system. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this pick is all about stags. Basically telling everyone, like, yes, Matt Rambo is still our guy. We need no one else besides him and Chanchuk and the guys around them. And we're just going to shut everyone down on defense and you're not going to score. So yeah. we're going to add a bunch, bunch of people down there. Yeah, you guys brought it up in the podcast last week that, you know, they needed they needed some defensive depth. Um, 
And they said you asked if any of the defenders fell, they would probably be picked up. But I don't think anyone saw Sean New getting drafted in the first round. Certainly surprising to see him go over a guy like Jack Rapine or uh, Chris Price, you know, or Reese Eady. So, you know, but hey, Stags is uh, Stags got his championship under his belt. None of us do in the PLL, so we'll trust his gut on this one. Uh, in round two, you got one pick correct, and it was the first one. Nice job there, John. Started strong uh, Matt, again. <laughs> Matt DeLuca out of Delaware. You know, I think this pick is, is you know, normal. We're not surprised by this. Um, I actually want to kind of skip over a couple of picks here. Even though Reese and Hines are not what you picked, I think we're going to move on from those. I want to talk about the pick with Jack Rapine to the Archers. And, you know, Mike, what do you think of that pick? Um, You know, it's interesting because you think about the Archers, their needs. I mean, really, all I'm thinking, and, you know, so many defensemen were taken in the second round, all these teams are thinking defensive depth. We need guys, like guys are going to get gassed out there. These games, these days are going to get long. Guys are going to get tired, fatigued. And we need those young guys who can run up and down the field. They just came out of college. They're in the best shape of their life. Um, so that's just another one. And with a Hopkins guy, uh, they always have those offensive-minded poles that will you know take the ball down, be a threat. So it, it's a great pick. And frankly, all of these second-round defensive picks – made more sense after seeing it. You know, they have their, all these teams have their vets on offense, the guys that know they're going to get buckets. Um, but where the fresh legs are needed is a D uh, with the way this championship series is set up. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I love the Ray Pine pick. I, I think he's a stud player. I think he's going to be awesome for them. You know, John, what do you think of Ray Pine over Kilty? Uh, I think they probably have the inside info on, I think if Kilty declares for the draft and said he's going to start with the PLL team, I'd, I'd probably take him over him. Uh, but if you can get a plug-and-play defender, uh, it's super valuable. I, I think I was reading something that not maybe like one or two defenders played every single game last year. Um, so not a lot of guys were able to play every single week in the PLL. And now we have this condensed um, schedule. So defensive depth is everything for these teams. Yeah, I agree. I, yeah, I think we've, we've hit that on the head there. It's defense wins championships, so you're going to need it. Plus, there's lots of studs on offense already. But speaking of offensive studs, the next pick, and uh, is this head-scratching or heroic, the pick of Jeff T by the Chaos? I think it's um, it's all in. You know, if you can... If you can get it, I don't think there was a lot of offensive depth in here. We were talking about all the defenders picked in the second round um, and not a lot of attackmen or offensive middies. Um, so, uh, you know, I think it's they, they had a need for that other attackman, that other creator. And um, <clears throat> if he comes out and plays, it's, you know, the, the best pick ever. And if he doesn't, I don't think they really lost a whole lot. Yeah, Jeff Teat Jeff Teat would kill it on the chaos. And you know, with their first pick, they go with the safe pick because they know they can get Gaudet. They know he's going to play this summer. Um, but with Jeff Teat, you know, taking that reach, you know, they're showing like, hey, we got you, we got you that guy from Yale, and you know, we got the Thompson brother. You know, you you got Fields. Like, come on. And you know, with him being that main guy on Team Canada, 
you know, they're, they like, like John said, reaching out that hand saying, come with us. We're going all in. Yeah. I, I mean, I want Jeff Teat to play in college one more year, but in all honesty, I think this is like the absolute most brilliant move of the draft. You know, for the Cavs, they were not far from winning the championship. They don't need a lot of pieces to make to make it to that that uh, championship weekend. I don't think. I think they're right there, and I think T is such a game changer, just as Sowers would be. That if you get them, you you have landed a a number one overall pick uh, in the second round. And so I love this move by Andy Towers. I think it's really smart. It's a good calculated risk. And if he plays this summer, I think chaos and archers are going to be likely two of the top three teams. Uh, if he doesn't play, I think cast is probably still in the mix, but it's probably not as certain. Um, so let's move on to the last two picks here. We got, uh, Chris price, and I know Mike had some good analysis on, on, on price. And so let's, let's talk about this pick for the Redwoods. Yeah. Chris price. Um, you know, those who don't know him, uh, is a guy who came into high point, uh, ready to start. They were looking to start him. I, I'm pretty sure he did start as a freshman. Uh, he had an older brother that went through the university who got switched to defense. John Torpy over there has a very good idea of his role players and, you know, who he wants out there, what kind of bodies he likes out there. And Chris Price was just that perfect defender for them, being able to man down the D, but also carry the ball upfield and immediately be a shooting threat as soon as he passes uh, the midline. So he is really built like the perfect PLL LSM. Uh, on the draft board, they said D slash LSM. So I could see them really taking him in, trying to fill that Carolinas role. Uh, I think it's a great pick. And shows that, you know, Torpy and Nat St. Laurent have a little good relationship going on. You know, last year, them taking Tim Troutner, and it worked out pretty good. Yeah, I, I like the uh, I like the pick as well, because I think that, you know, while these Notre Dame guys are still around, you know, uh, Sexton and Landis and Apple, I think it's important that you get some of those other young defenders who are going to come in and be the, the next generation of of studs. And get them kind of trained in that sort of Notre Dame, Jerry Byrne, uh, or they call it the Byrne method. Um, you know, get them trained in that so that they're all in sync with that type of thing because there's that great leadership. And I think that'd be really helpful. And, and Price seems like a type of guy who is a team guy. He's going to do team stuff and, and be a stud there. John, what do you think of the pick? I think it was a good pick. Uh, we'll see if the Redwoods can go two for two and rookie of the years in the second round. Uh, both being high point guys, like uh, Mike said. But I think we both had um, – I don't know. My pick was completely wrong as I finished up like 0 for 6 in the second round. Um, but it definitely adds that defensive depth, which has been like the theme of the podcast, I feel like. Um, Redwoods had another defender they think can fit and play with those Notre Dame guys, and that's everything. Hundred percent. So let's let's wrap up the draft here. We got Matt Hubler picked at the end. You know, John, you had Adam Goldner. Why do you think they picked up Hubler instead of an attackman? Uh, I I I don't really like this pick. Um, I don't feel that you need to carry three short stick D mids. Um, with a huge emphasis in this league and kind of what the Whip Snakes did with their two way middies. Um, I just I don't feel like they needed another one. I felt like if they went with Goldner, they would have just 
added an offensive weapon, which I still feel they needed. Um, I know they went kind of double down on the defensive part, but I don't know. I didn't really like this pick by the Whip Snakes. I just Mike, think, you think I just think he doesn't want to admit that he was wrong on this one. <laughs> that we were right, continuing the theme with defensive depth. I mean, you got the best player in the league who just cannot be stopped only by himself or his coach. And, you know, you add to this stacked D midi line where, you know, as soon as you, that's something so valuable to have at the defensive end is short sticks that you can rely on. And they obviously have their guys, Bernhardt, Warner, they snagged Camizio. Uh, but having that depth there in this championship series is just going to prove, you know, that this was a, a great pick. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, and Staggs knows that Hubler's a Petro guy, right? So he's going to know there's that toughness, there's a mental fortitude. And I think Hubler's a great pick for them and just stacks up their defense. And yeah, you know, Janichuk and Rambo are just going to have their way on offense. And, you know, the the Whips might win games like 9-8, which would be kind of low scoring for the PLL, but I could see it happening. Because on top of all this defensive power they have, they have Burnlow and Nett, who... Is probably the best goalie to never win any awards. He's such a he's such an animal. So I don't know. I think it's a great pick for them. It just gives them a lot of choices on defense. Uh, overall, draft wise, you know, John, how did you think the teams did? Who was your top? Who was your quote unquote winner? And who was your loser? Uh, I'd probably take Archers as as the winner. I think they grabbed uh, the best available guy in the draft, who and the best offensive player in the draft. So I think a draft that was lacking offensive talent, they cleaned up with the no-brainer pick. Um, and the losers, ugh. I'm gonna go with Whip Snakes. I didn't like it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna die on that hill. I did not like the Whip Snakes draft. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Mike, who you got? My winners are chaos for going all in. Um, I think if it works out, it, the payoff would be huge. They could find themselves in the championship. And, you know, it's tough to pick losers. Um, it might just go against, uh, you know, like like I'd say, I guess Atlas were the losers. They didn't, they didn't go for, you know, what we said. and Water dogs with cows. You, we, were, <laughs> Isn't it? we were right on most stuff. You know, the John. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> better I than four for for four for twenty. I can't believe all the GMs didn't call us. I mean, I don't know what they're thinking. Uh, I you know, I think winners wise, I I agree with uh, both you guys. I think Chaos and Archers are the two winners uh, for the same reasons. I think Archers got the best player in the draft and Ament. I think they shored up a defensive thing with uh, with Ray Pine, um, who could also help in early offense. And then I think the chaos, if Jeff T lands, it's worth the risk. And Gaudet's is going to be a stud. Love both of those. I think the loser is easy. It's the water dogs. Uh, DeLuca's a good goalie, no doubt about that. But, you know, I think losing Kraus, losing a first-round pick is just brutal. And I wouldn't say they're a loser for the pick itself, more just a loser in the sense that he signed with the Hammerheads. So um, that was tough. And, and I, I think the whips... To me, they land in neutral ground because, you know, I knew and Hubler could be really great picks. It could be like the next coming. They could also be guys that just kind of fizzle out. And there's a reason why they ended up 
you know, where they were in terms of big boards. So, you know, we'll see what happens there. But uh, overall, I thought it was good. You know, what do you guys think of the the draft broadcast itself? You know, I, I think one of the big things PLL hangs its hat on is its distribution and its quality content. So what do you guys think of the draft itself? I liked it. I think we need a, a Woj for the PLL so we can get the picks out 10 minutes before the teams have them. That'd be great <laughs> on Twitter. Come on, Keeks. Step your game up. That would be great. That'd be great. Uh, all right, Mike, any, any last words for the people out there uh, before we, we end this thing today? Uh, Yeah, you know, I just say a word to all these guys that just got drafted. You know, we know you're listening, and uh, we uh, we want you to prove us wrong. You know, if we're, we're talking bad, saying we don't know you, Sean New talking about you, you know, we'll see, uh, we'll see what these guys could do this summer. Love it. John, anything to, any words to the people? Like, subscribe, review, stall warning. <laughs> that would be good. That'd be good. Uh, cool. I got, I got one shout out. want to say a big uh, thank you to Skynet Pro. Uh, we're going to play some outro music that is new today. Uh, brand new, written by Skynet Pro. It's uh, just for the pod. Uh, we will post a link to their website. They do video. They do music they do a little bit of everything but kevin is the man we love him so thanks kevin for the the music and otherwise uh we're gonna wrap this thing up so fellas have a great week uh we're gonna have a great week here at 101 lacrosse and thank you for joining us on stall warning you can follow us on social media at 101 underscore lax on instagram and at 101 lacrosse on facebook and twitter until next week see ya